Welcome to the Red Dirt Agronomy Podcast. My name is Dave Deacon. It is our second episode, so thank you for making your way back. And while you're, you know, diving into the second episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and uh, you can get more episodes like what we uh, had last week and then, of course, this one. Now, this week, we are coming to you from Dr. Jason Warren's research lab on the agronomy farm at Oklahoma State University because we have a large group this time. Now, with that said, I need to send Jeff Wright with Foundation Seed a very special thank you for hosting us last time. Thank you again, Jeff. I hope we got the, uh, got the conference room put back in order and we get our deposit back. Now, I am going to give you a heads up. We do have kind of a long podcast this week, but it's worth staying through all of it. We're talking about mental health with some ag producers that created a way to make it through some of life's tough times by having someone to talk with well, about anything on the farm or off. It's a great conversation about five guys that created a way to check on each other and take their friendships into almost kind of like a brotherhood. We'll have that in a few minutes, but first, let's get an update on the crops across the Southern Great Plains with Oklahoma State University Cropping System Specialist, Dr. Josh Lofton. We got our rain, didn't we? Or moisture, anyway, we, at least here. We got some. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... We we got we got about enough to kick the cane down the road. Yeah. Um, you know the the places that really needed it. You know, with the in between a little bit of snow and a little bit of ice, right. sleet, what have you. Uh, we we got some, uh, and we got enough to sustain us for a little bit. And um, you know, barring it it getting a little too dry uh, in the future, we we potentially have some to to get us to this next rain. The problem is the the thing we talked about that we really needed was just a lot of rain. Yeah, you know, a good multiple inches and and you know to kind of really set us up and 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 we we just haven't found that yet. Um, but the good thing is is we we have been able to kick the can down the road a little bit, and so folks that that have things that probably didn't look too bad going into it probably still have things that don't look too bad coming out of it. So. Um, you know the the forecast calls for a little bit of chance of rain, kind of on the back end, right. but uh, you know a little bit more moderate temperatures and and some good growing conditions. So we could potentially see wheat. We've already seen it, you know, kind of take off. Right. We've already started seeing the wheat the wheat moving, yep. um, and you know. Dr. De Silva's are, you know, showing those first hollow stem days and, and uh, we are moving on that wheat and canola and some of our cover crops, but um, so with that happening, we're we're we are going to need to catch catch some of those rains to to make sure we can keep going and, and sustaining. Well, and, and overall, how how has the plant um, uh, sustainability been been going through there? I mean, are the plants growing? Are the plants are are, are are we looking good? Because because there for a while, I mean, the wheat in Oklahoma was. I, I I don't want to say stunted, but I mean it, it. It didn't it didn't look the greatest in parts of the state. Well, and that's really just going to depend on where you are, right? Um, and, and canola's that way, and and our cover crops are that way, and and kind of everything's kind of that way. Everything we talked about two weeks ago, right, uh, is is that way. Uh, however, where we have had good moisture, because we have started to get a lot warmer, right. you are starting to see some of those really early maturing, you know, wheat varieties. As like I said, with Dr. De Silva and her first hall of stem showing that a lot of them are starting to pop here pretty uh, quickly. So um, we are moving and, and it's a, it's a nice early move. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, especially if we have 
some some winter crops that didn't put on a lot of vegetation in the in the fall because of the, the either the drought or cold or, right. or something along those lines. We we have the um, we have the warmth. Now we right. just need to make sure those places also get the moisture. And and that's kind of where we're still still at a standstill in some places. Where where other places that uh, potentially have gotten a decent amount of moisture we we talk about places a little bit to the east they they didn't have that problem of getting good vegetation early right uh, they they got a little bit more rains especially east and south yeah uh, they got some decent rains in the fall so they were able to get a little bit of that uh that that growth so some of the places north central especially the northern part of that north central region are, are still probably going to be suffering from just growth but you know you talk to folks that are out with the wheat you know their wheat trials and, yep. and looking at wheat patches around the state. Um, you know overall they 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 aren't negative. Right. Um, you know we're we're um, where we had really bad stands and we maybe really grazed heavy or something along those lines. We've we've gone we've gone backwards a little bit, but uh, you know there's still a lot of promise for a lot of fields, um, especially the further to the central and the east east part of the state you get. Unfortunately, some of the west part is is still suffering and. Um, you know, four tenths of an inch or something like that uh, through ice isn't isn't going to substantially help us. But um, you know, there there is some movement and hopefully some potential um, with with just this little bit of moisture we got. But you know, we talked about as soon as the plant starts growing again and sw- flipping that switch, we're going to need to get more consistent uh, rainfall. So we're kind of at that that part where that plant's going to flip the switch now we just need the more consistent rainfall and consistent temperatures too because i mean so many times this time of year here we are you know the beginning of march and you know a couple of weeks down the road we could have you know eight, eight, 70 degree weather and then the next day it could be 20. well i was just looking at the forecast yeah. and and later this week we're going to be in the 80s yeah and and so yeah uh, but i mean uh, for anybody, which probably most of the folks we listen to, you know, that that looks around the Southern Great Plains and, and is not expecting that Easter cool down and, right. and, and a good Easter freeze. Yeah. Just w- welcome to the Southern Great Plains. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's still going to, you know, the, the likelihood of us just going right into summer right, right now and just continually warming up, having a nice spring without these cold snaps is, yeah. is probably very low. So um you know, we're still going to get those cool periods, which, you know, wheat and canola, a lot of our forages that we're, are, are pretty resilient. We've, they've grown with that. We've right. bred them for those kind right. of conditions. So, so hopefully it'll, it'll happen sooner than later. That way we can just get it out of our system and, and kind of go into it. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest issue that happened last year, uh, you know, with some of our wheat is we were already headed yes. when we got that ice and the, yes. the freeze and stuff. That That's where we don't want to be. But if we get, you know, in the next month a, a, a cool down, you know, we'll, we'll probably be, be fine as long as the – once again, we're we're right now limited on the moisture. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's kind of where we are. The good thing is the prices are looking a little bit better. Right. So – uh, if we can get even a decent bushel per acre off, um, given that price is sustained, then then we we put, potentially could make uh, make decent gains from that. But you know, there's there's a lot of volatility going on in the market right now. So uh, you know, within yeah, 14 days ago, things have changed a lot oh, yeah. in, in agriculture and the world and everything. So there's a lot of volatility going on right now. So um, there's there's one of those things that we just can't sell out you know one way or the other but um the good thing is is we we did get that moisture we would have been in a worse spot if we just didn't get anything now we 
when when spring hits and we start kind of counting on those more frequent and and uh, frequent precipitation events that are rain, not as right. much ice and wintery mix. That we'll we'll just need to not be missing them. We need to start catching them uh, more than missing. Uh, Dr. Jason Warren is in a class right now. He's teaching a class, and, and then Brian's. Um, Which doesn't that terrify you more than it, anything? Kind of, kind of does. I mean, it, it really does. But no, he's 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 uh, he's teaching a class, and then uh, Dr. Brian Arnell, he's he's at a stock show right now. Mm -hmm. He's he's uh, he's doing the stock show. It thing. is that time of year. I know. I know that it. it comes earlier and earlier every year uh, it, it stays the same time it's just, it just you don't realize like, yeah. it, it, but but it, and then so kind of talking with what, what 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 brian would have covered let's talk just briefly about some of the soil <clears throat> um uh, nutritional you know needs right now because top dress folks are talking about top dress yeah well and and it, it's one of those things that um you know brian's done some work you know, and if you talk about wheat, right. uh, you talk about in the last couple of years kind of showed that if, if we just don't have those good conditions, which right. if you didn't get it out ahead of this, yeah. um, which, you know, I know a lot of folks were pushing b uh, before these last two successive yeah. uh, events, if you didn't get it out with this, um, showed that there's a lot of flexibility mm -hmm. to even if you're even if your wheat's uh, looking a little weak. Uh, nitrogen deficient, but still has got some good growth to it that, that we do have time to delay and um, make sure that we're putting out nitrogen in good environmental conditions um, to, to make sure that it, it's able to capture that and keep going. Um, the, the problem comes in with the price, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm not as familiar as he is with the details on, on price, but you know, with the increasing oil, oil prices, increasing natural gas prices due to other things that are going on in the world, um, I, I think I've seen you know some good indication that the, that those components will probably be increasing as well. So um, you know the the cost of it's going to continue to go up. Um, but the the good thing is if you got it in your back pocket or if you're able to get it at a decent rate, you you still have time, especially in our wheat, our canola. We're getting a, a little bit on the back end of things. Yeah. Uh, we like to have a, a majority of our uh, nitrogen out pre bolt, and mm -hmm. so as that canola plant kind of wakes up. And gets going um, we want to make sure one for physically harming the plant but two um, that that bolting period in early flowers when the canola plant needs it the most so uh, we need to make sure we have good good material down for it uh, if, if you have canola those last two yeah. precipitation events are probably where you needed to have the the nitrogen out uh, that way it's not limiting we start talking about summer crops it's um, it, it's it's a lot of questions. The since the last time I talked, uh, I think the more uncertainty is yeah. is out in in the countryside. Of um, I I just don't I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and and it's one of those things that a lot of folks make that decision right about now on on uh, marginal wheat or or they they typically um, either decide to keep their wheat and go to grain or they decide to to terminate it out and go to a summer crop the last couple of years have gone towards the terminate summer crop well with the wheat prices if if your wheat looks good we'll probably see a lot more of those flip um, and go into a more hey I'm just going to keep this for grain because you know I've already got these inputs and I've already got it so we might see a big big push into our double crop production you know be beans or or uh, milo or even late late double crop corn or even like we talked about last time going into a forage right after we harvest so right. um 
a lot of good options there. Uh, Oklahoma is known for having a really good double crop compared to single crop uh, on a lot of our summer crops. So we have a lot of really good options. And, and most of the crops we have double crop has have really good flexibility and options for, for going in after wheat. So if we do see that shift to kind of, instead of uh, a lot of folks either grazing out or, or abandoning the wheat to go into a summer crop and, and maybe take a grain to think about a double crop or think about just following out, we, we have some really good options. Uh, ahead of us so there's a lot going on yeah. there's a lot on on producers plates right now and and it's it's good we'll talk a little bit later about you know you know mental health and and trying to to overcome some of these issues um but yeah there's there's a lot to be thinking about and and i i think it's we're still on the basis that we are um last time there's no right decision there's really no wrong decision there's just a lot of decisions to make um and 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 a lot of a lot of moving pieces that we don't know the final end to them yet well and well i mean that's that's just a <laughs> that's that's just the rule of life anyway and and uh and, and you know we're going to talk about some of the the uh, implications of those decisions mm-hmm. uh here in just a couple minutes so uh, we're going to have a, a, a I, I, I guess you'd call these guys a panel of. Uh, or, or, I would or, say a round table, but we're on a square table, well, we so you are. can't you can't say that. But yeah, <laughs> a good discussion on um, farmer mental health from some folks that that were able to to get a group together to yeah. to um, get through the the hard times, but kind of like we'll talk, we'll get through the good times yep. as well, and and kind of learn how to celebrate those good times and um, get through those bad times. I think that's the best way to the thing is sometimes we often hang on the bad stuff yep. and forget about the good stuff. And we'll talk a lot today about hanging on the good stuff and forgetting about the bad stuff. Well, and, and, and as much as anything, um, it, it from, from just talking to them before, you know, I I think that, that, that they will, you know, kind of talk a little bit about having at least a little light at the end of the tunnel yeah yeah well well, and and that's a good thing and and producers are are one you know you talk about statistics dave you talk about depression rates for growers are are really high um people in agriculture have the highest suicide rates or one of the highest suicide rates of of any profession right um suicide rates have increased in farming and agriculture by 40 percent over the last 30 years so it's it's one of those things that that sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tum- the tunnel, but but know that you have, you know, I, I, comrades beside you, people beside you that are that are going through the, the, the same, same thing, thing that that you can talk to. Yep. You have uh, people out there that really care, and and uh, it's one of those situations that that you can sometimes get lost or wrapped up in what you're doing yeah. and forget that this is just a component, and you know everything else that that makes you you is is what can get you to that light at the end of the tunnel. That's right. So we will actually sit down with those guys uh, here in just a couple of minutes, and uh, thanks for thanks for your update on that because I mean there, there's uh, on on the agronomy side because there's a lot going on uh, this time of year with the agronomy well and, and, and it's you know even in March it's it's often a hard month to talk about agronomy because there's so many unknowns still yeah. yet and and so um, but this is the time that that growers are making decisions so right. a lot of unknowns a lot of a lot of questions that that um, like I said maybe there's not a great answer to, to follow through but um, there are some good options and, and the good thing is with any sort of rain we get we we can we can kind of move that um, move that field goal a little bit a little bit down the 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 course that way we're just not 
we're not left with no options. We yeah. have some options available. Yeah. We could always kick a three-point and, and win a game, hopefully. Not big on field goals, Dave. Well, you just said field goals, so I, I thought I'd try to stay with that. And I, I mean, I was trying to you know, play into your, your analogy there. But uh, we will be coming up back next with the, uh, with the guys, and we're going to chat about mental health and agriculture and just, you know, rural America too. So stick around. Before we jump into the discussion about mental health with these three farmers from northern Oklahoma, I want to remind you that you can find resources to help with mental health and all that we talk about on this episode on our website, reddirtagronomy.com. And the guys ask that we put their contact information on there as well. If you're thinking about starting your own group, go ahead and reach out to any of them. And again, you can find that information at reddirtagronomy.com. Now, we do have a little disclaimer. None of us are trained professionals in the mental health field. We're just having a great conversation about mental health in rural America and how they came together and came up with their own solution. So sit back and listen to the Red Dirt Agronomy Podcast. Welcome back to the Red Dirt Agronomy Podcast. And uh, while, while we talk a lot about the the soil and the science and all of the fun stuff under the ground we also going to take a look at some of the uh the ag producers that that work the land that live the land that that uh that make a living off the land and, and brian vincent um you guys have a pretty cool um group of a band of brothers almost and and tell me about tell me about your your, your group that uh that you guys have so joe tripp and Tom Cannon, we're at a ball game and thought we ought to just get some guys together yeah. and, and kind of have a breakfast meeting, um, talk about the farm, talk about what's going on. And Tom, how did that? How did that conversation go? You and Joe. Well, we're at a basketball game, and the only two guys with cowboy hats in the place decided to sit down together. <laughs> we got to BSing a little bit, and and mainly talking about production ag. That's what our focus was really going to be about. And we thought, well, if we're going to do this and have this kind of a meeting, um, Joe said, you know, let's get a banker in there, which I wouldn't have ever done that, but right. Joe did. <laughs> I just he only re- came once. <laughs> yeah, he did. He only came once. We just wanted so, him there to pound on. Right, right, ah. uh, and and we both he banked with him at the time, so <laughs> that worked. Uh, he came, and we had a couple of uh, area agronomists that came, and then producers. Mm-hmm. And Brian was kind of a mix of the two because yeah. he's his own producer and he's an area agronomist and has a lot of contacts. So uh, we got this group together, and like Joe said, after the first week, um, the commercial agronomist never came back, and the banker never came back. Yeah. We were left with this core group of five uh, marty williams and gary williams were also a part of it mm-hmm. and uh what it became quickly i'd say by our third or fourth meeting was really a mental health support group yeah that's what it became really quick we, we got close fast yeah we all knew each other just not nearly as well and uh, a few of us were going through some you know some emotional problems at the time either with our family or with our business with finance whatever and uh, it, it was amazing how the Lord really put us together like he did and then allowed us to be transparent enough to help each other. And that's a lot of it. I mean, you you can 
be friends with someone, but that, that transparency with, with, with your friends, that's, that's the next level. Mm-hmm. Being, really able to, being able to open that book mm-hmm. and, and actually showing what, what is in your heart and, and being able to express that. And then the other side is listening. You know, anybody can talk, mm-hmm. but being able to listen and, and just, uh, show that love from, from an open ear yeah. and a, an attentive eye. So that, that's a lot of it for the, you know, you're defined by your, your five closest friends mm-hmm. and, you know, these guys, these guys are, we are, we're tight mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's five guys or if it's two guys, right? but having somebody that you can depend on and somebody that that genuinely cares makes a big deal but in that you've got to be willing to be that person for someone else also the thing that and i had said this in the past um that really made this or one of the aspects that really made this happen or work the way it did is is i could talk to these guys about what's going on the farm and the problems and they understand it. I've been yeah. married to my wife for 25 years, and yep. she thinks she's a farm girl. She is. But to this day, even this morning, there's just she has no idea the financial side or what it takes or what's going on. You know, I mean, I can, she can think she knows what's going on, right. but she doesn't really. And so some of the questions she comes out of the blue is just she, she can't relate like these. So I could talk to her about something that's, you know, bugging me right or i'm fighting or whatever but she didn't get it you know she doesn't know and these guys because they're in the trenches with you in the same battle they understand you know you're having a problem you know the markets are against you or you're dealing with the red tape the government that's something that's come out or whatever it just doesn't matter i mean these only guys that know because these are the guys are in the middle of it with you how how has that how has that helped you I'm I'm not asking for specific you know instances or whatever, but you you kind of alluded to to they understand, but 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 how has that helped you after you formed the group as opposed to before? Who who did you go to before? Well, the irony of it is, I was already visiting with some of these guys yeah. beforehand. I mean, we just hadn't come together as a group. Yeah. So Marty Williams and I talk a lot. Yeah. You know, and it was weird because I'm a little older than him. And a few years ago, I could see some things that he was doing. And I talked to him when we'd be on the phone. I talked to him about it and said, man, there's some things your life fixing change. Uh-huh. I said, you just don't realize it. It's just, and I've been through those steps already and it has to happen. Right. And it has, I yeah. mean, and so, but, um, yeah, I, me and him already, me and Brian, whoever we already yeah. talked, you know, um, and, uh, it just, we just kind of come together as a group, and and so, anyway. Why, why five? I mean, you you, you could have that one well, person that you can. I invited, I invited an uh, like you said an agronomist. Yeah, I don't think he ever showed, did he? Uh-uh. Oh, he, he never did. Come the first uh, time. This is the only agronomist we've had. Yeah, I wish we could do better. That's what we got, <laughs> Brian. Sorry, <laughs> Brian's what you have. Yeah, but no, seriously. Um, it, when it when it was first together, when Tom and I first put this together, 
we were really wanting to be able to bounce ideas mm-hmm. agronomy wise um ag- just agronomic wise that's why it was going to be kind of think tank or you know try to cuz we realized this is this the technology whatever is just moving so fast mm-hmm. and it's faster and it's mm-hmm. faster and and sometimes even you guys here at OSU can't keep up mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's just it, the federal government can't keep up it's just it's a crop insurance and and if you want have to use it it can't keep up i mean it's just it so but and it's just moving so fast and and so it was kind of tom and i kind of talking at night about you know grabbing his information and whatever i don't offer much but i mm-hmm. mean hoping that i would you know and and being able to improve my farming operation you know maybe well i could learn this and i can apply it you know and and that's what it first started out to be and and uh it, there, like you said it quickly things. changed there's a few things that really benefited the group one of them was there wasn't any competition ah. between us going into the group yeah you know um Ryan and I weren't competing for acres or Gary Williams and I weren't competing for acres mm-hmm. anywhere. So you can kind of relax on that. And then even uh, environmentally, even though we're only separated by a total of maybe 45 miles, I'd say, yeah. um, our, our micro environments are a little bit different. We were in different areas of production ag just a little bit. So there was enough difference to make us really gel well together. Yeah. And there was no threat Mm-hmm. to the group from the very first day right. and when we developed our relationships without a threat to start with we're, it was easier for us to be you know pretty open about our finances and mm-hmm. open about you know what we're paying for rent what we're doing for production and, and it made it a lot easier and i would highly recommend anyone wanting to start some kind of a group like this that you start out with somebody you don't feel like you're in competition with yeah. because farming like all business has become very competitive and so if we can keep that away uh, from the beginning, it really, really helps people. Well, on top of that, there was no selfishness either. No, we were, any of these people just, in the group. It's I mean, a very selfless group. But no no egos. You know, it's oh, hard to find I, that. I don't, you sure? Uh, well. <laughs> Did you break your mirror there, Joe? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and, and one thing people forget is farming is a business. And and. I'm, I'm sitting across from three businessmen right now who have thousands, hundreds of thousands tied up in their businesses. And, and, and what you said about just being an open book and, and, you know, helping, helping each other out. How, how, why, why has, why is that more important in, in the ag industry than say, you know, another field of business? Just, just the level of transparency. It's more passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. anybody that's in ag has to have a passion for it. Right. You know, it's long hours. It's very demanding on the family. It's very demanding financially. Um, you know, a small little mistake can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And so along with that comes a lot of stress. Yeah. And if we can mitigate some of that stress by by having a band of brothers or or a group of friends, yeah, just to to talk about things and to try to try to alleviate some of that some of that stress off. And I don't know about these guys, but you know, it's when we meet, 
for days after that, it's like I've been doing revival. Yeah. Because you're you're energized, you're we're positive. Even if we've had a catastrophe, if somebody's had Tom's daughter was in a wreck, you know, and it was really a catastrophe, but we came together through that time, and we came out of it stronger. And I think I think Tom's family came out of it stronger too. But you know, it was a really tough time. Mm -hmm. Um, COVID's been really rough on everybody. You know, you turn on the news to watch the weather, and you got to see the you got to see COVID numbers first. Yeah, and everybody's had friends that have passed away, and loved ones, and Tom's mother passed away. And you know, it's it we've we've all had it, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just stressful. But having somebody to rely on, not family, mm-hmm. not not to. Not somebody you're in business with necessarily, but we're, we have that strength through through our friendship. And there were some things that kind of helped set us up for success early on, and that was um, all fiercely independent, all multi generational farms, um, pretty similar in age, mm-hmm. and uh, these things come together to where we really understand each other, right? And so uh, you get that together, and then really there's not a a selfish person in the group. They're a very selfless group. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with is something that's just designed for success. And we're not smart enough to figure out how to put this together right. on our own. Right. Uh, I, I firmly believe that this was orchestrated by the Lord for us to go through the hard times that we've gone through since, and all of us have. Mm-hmm. Um, marital problems and then physical problems and and etc you know life life hits you and because this was all orchestrated beforehand by a greater someone of greater intelligence than us that's for sure we end up with something that is that is really quite amazing and i feel so blessed to have this group i mean you know when my daughter had her wreck it, it was a severe wreck you know she was broken really in every extremity mm-hmm. And uh, to have them all calling, all praying, and talking to other people and and coming in and helping. You know, I I had COVID also. I was in the same hospital as my mom when she passed. Well, Brian walked my fields for a week, at least a week, uh, because, you know, there wasn't anyone. And we had a big outbreak of armyworms and soybeans this past summer and could have lost a lot of acres real fast. Right. And uh, I didn't have to worry about it. Not at all. So. There, there is a lot to that. Just, just having someone to to lean on there. Hey, Josh. Well, I I had a question. You guys have kind of brought it up a couple of times, and we've talked about the group. So you guys can go back to how you handled it as a group. But you guys have talked about the last couple of years, economics and the weather, COVID, and all that. You know, for for growers out there that are dealing with the same thing that don't have this band, what what are some good encouraging words that you guys can can talk to them about overcoming, you know, hopefully on the tail end of some of this stuff, but overcoming some of these issues that they've been struggling with? You know, what are what are those things that you guys told each other and what did, what are those things that you guys use to to over maybe not overcome but get through those times? I would say stay positive. You know, every adversity has an opportunity. 
And I think that's what we're able to look at as a group. You know, we can we can look at a bigger picture and okay, we got we got rain, double crop beans got pushed late. Hey, why don't we plant double crop corn? And I think out of our group there was what, maybe All of four thousand acres yeah. of double crop corn just in our group. Now that's that's really out of the box, but we were able to, to take advantage of something instead of having fallow ground, you know, and, and late beans, man, we were pushing way too late, but we had an opportunity there and in a late rain and it, that was a thing to do. You know, they weren't, they're not great yielders, but the market sure did help out. Didn't it was it, interesting. <laughs> you can tell we talked because I think everybody yielded within a couple of bushels of the same thing. Wow. <laughs> you know, across yep. different environments and different areas. And, and it was, that was quite amazing. And then the market responded for us and yep. things went well with that. And that was, that was kind of almost a group effort. It was a group effort. Absolutely. So, I mean, down to, down to, trading bags of seed around among mm-hmm. the group to get mm-hmm. everybody done and corn headers and <laughs> yeah exactly I, it, there's two corn headers cut it all though isn't it out of the <laughs> wow. three 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 corn headers okay yeah. three corn headers cut it all yeah you 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 guys have an amazing text group i mean whenever someone texts you i mean i i have i have a text group and I'll, I'll just say it's family related that that I go ahead and you know put on silent and I don't really pay attention to until my wife says, "Hey, did you see that?" And I went, "Oh yeah, I need to go back and check that." But but I mean, like whenever one of you guys texts, the other one, I'm, everybody it, it gets everybody's attention and that's important. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good it's a really good way to get information out quick. You know, if there's an emergency, I've got another one with a, that's all production oriented. Yeah, uh, through WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. that is a pretty big group yeah but it's not personal it, it's all about production yeah ag. it's all about different um ideas on regenerative ag and etc this group is, is my go-to for uh, mental health support for sure but also local data mm-hmm. that we need and that we share you know each all of us are going to do some kind of a trial on our operation somewhere and sharing that local information is really really good too all of our expertise are different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How we approach our stuff is different. Um, from my standpoint, I'm probably the, from the agronomy part of it, I'm probably the taker. I've come to the point in my life where my brain's tired. Yeah. I'm tired of trying to remember. Yeah. You know, one of the things that foundationally I learned when I was in a program I went to down at TCU was, you know, you, you can't remember all this stuff we're throwing at you. That's true. You just have to know how to go get it. Well, yeah, I grew some late corn or double crop corn this year. I can't tell you what my seed count was. I can't tell you what variety we planted. That's what I got these guys for. One of them suggested the seed and went and found it, and the other guy, I hired him to go plant it, and they figured, you know, and I just relied upon, you know, it's just I've got other things I've got. So that's also you know and i don't know that they dig so much information out of me i'm probably the cheater out of the bunch from that standpoint <laughs> but um i just uh you know that's i guess that's another benefit that we've had from our group you know i mean 
It's just Joe. You know, a lot of times you're the comic relief too. That I am got by far the best. <laughs> you know, and I was just thinking about our text. You know, I'm probably the bad boy out of the group. You know, I'm probably sending stuff. It's and it's funny though. It's funny <laughs> stuff. Well, you know, and, and that's worth it too. I mean, yeah. I'm. <laughs> I, and that's a big deal. If somebody has a catastrophe during, during, between meetings or, or whatever, there's always that positive. There's somebody has something positive or something funny or yeah. something like that because laughter, buddy, is the best thing in the world for your mentality. I don't know if we answered your question, really. But, you know, if it, I guess anything's encouraging or what. I don't know if this is encouraging or what or just – I take a little different outlook on my farming as I used to. I mean, we all have to be, you said we're businessmen. Well, okay. Yeah. We have to be businessmen. I don't think, I mean, I, I, I try to take care of business, but I don't let it consume me anymore. And I don't worry about it because I can't control a lot of that. Yep. You know, we're in a risk management is our big deal. Yeah. I mean, we're businessmen, but it, it's, it's all around risk management and, and beyond that, I've just kind of taken a back seat and do the best I can, and, and I'm not going to. Now, a couple of years ago when it was tough on all of us, it was really tough because we didn't know if we were going to be in business the next month. Yeah. That is probably the roughest thing I'd ever been through. I mean, they're talking sleepless nights, yeah. you know. You know, 18 months before that, the bankers rolling, different bankers rolling the driveway trying to get your business. Then 18 months later, they hate you. And here we are, we're back again, and we're better off than we were you know it's just it's an emotional roller and and i've watched them i mean my particular banker you know there for a while you know you couldn't do right and then he kind of just like oh, we're all in this together and it ain't his fault it's just it is what it is you know yeah but um i, I could see that he never said that but i could see that you know but but um it's just comes to be it comes to be you know you can only do so much and then that's kind of the approach i've taken on you know and i really trying to keep my balances in life in check as far as my family time is important mm -hmm. um i mean we've all seen those guys at farm 24 7 that's all they think about that's all they do and they rarely go on vacation with their families and so on and so if they ever do right. i mean we've got and that's their thing, but uh, I, and it's just, and that's some of the things I talked about with Marty in the past. You know, I said you're gonna some changes are gonna happen. I knew he was enough a family man; changes were gonna happen, and yeah. they did. And so, I don't know. I just, yeah, we're businessmen, but um, the thing that helped keep my sanity is you just you hang it up when you walk in the door. I mean, so to speak. I mean, right. you just you just don't let it rule you. Yep. About it in the past, and and it's a good. You brought it up. Is is how do you keep that home life, farm life balance going? Where, you know how how do, how does that work, and how does this how does the group help you? You talked about that you you told Marty before. Hey, it's it's coming that that you're going to need to shift that. But you know, like you said, it's it's sometimes hard knowing that extra bushel that you know one more thing well, in the field I can do. You always got. Especially the way we farm now. You know, the freedom to farm in 96 changed a lot of things in this area, especially. I mean, up to that point, it was plant wheat, moldboard it, plant wheat, you know, and we were very regimental for a generation and a half of what yeah. we did. Now it opened up the doors and we're able to do all sorts of different stuff. 
That's great. Was it you, Tom, that was telling me that you don't even enjoy harvest? Somebody was telling me they don't even enjoy harvest anymore because they're worried about, well, can I get the next crop planted? Can uh. I? And we're just, our time is taken up so much now. Har- harvest has become probably the third most important planting procedure. Mm-hmm. Planting, spraying. Risk management. Yeah. But Risk management is is probably my number one um, concern as a manager of it. You know, I, I don't get on the tractor as much as I'd like to anymore. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think there's quite a few things that have to take a front seat to the actual harvest. We know we're going to get it harvested. Um, thanks to a lot of the breeding, I mean, harvesting is not as critical as has to be done right now as it used to be. Right. Well, and you sometimes have a crop that you're putting in that's more important than the one you're trying to take out that's at the same exactly time. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it just it blow my grandfather's mind and a lot of grandfather's mind to watch a guy out there planting beans or spraying when his wheat's standing. Mm-hmm. You know, before '96, by golly, it was well, it was just full throttle. Yep. You know, and it's so sorry, Tom. I didn't mean, to no, off. no. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's not a. A wheat field on my place that doesn't have a planter or a drill running in it at the same time as the combine. So, so that's true. The one thing I was trying to get at that I almost, you know, what you have to do is you really have to look at everything you're doing. And, and yeah, you may have something you come across that you're, that you're wanting to do, that you're doing that, you know, may benefit your farm or may, may but there's more than just a monetary weight there. Yeah. You know, you got other things you got. It may not be worth your trouble. You can only you can't do it all. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't be in fifty different enterprises. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And so you either got to you know you've got to weigh those things out. And and one of the things that's in life is you got to have happiness. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I like to farm, but. There's sure a lot of other things I'd rather do, you know. And so that's that's been one of the struggles I've had. You know, Brian's always pushing me. I, I need to go spray this or spray that, you know. And then you need to sit on a sprayer. I hate sitting on a sprayer. <laughs> I hate driving Saturday afternoon around the curve and looking down there and seeing the fishermen. And I can't go fish because yeah. I'm on the sprayer because that's when the wind's right. Yeah. So. So aside from Brian telling you to to go spray because that's optimum time, how how have these guys helped you realize that that you know, maybe I need to take a day, go fish. Mm, I don't know. Well, Marty, Marty had a good point. He said, I have, I have a team of basically advisors. Yeah. But partners. a team, a part team. Yeah. Partner teams of people. He said, I've got a machinery man that I rely on. Yep pretty heavy i've got a banker that i rely on pretty heavy i have an insurance agent that is that is on my team i have an agronomist on my team and he said then i have this group of support yeah and that's that's what our our little group brings to his operation from a mental health standpoint and from a positive uh somebody of understanding of what's going on and and genuinely cares yeah you know the banker's there well he's got to go for the for his board directors right and, 
you know the machinery man's answering to a manager at the at the shop and you know all that but this group is more for us i mean we're locked in arms and we're going to get through this life in the best mental health stability as we can and that's a big part of it through catastrophes that we may have there's always something positive that each one of us can bring that gets everybody back on even keel you can tell pretty quick whenever there's something that's hitting us nationally too because our group will and messages start lighting up like the markets lately you know where you have a a limit up move followed by an expanded market limit down the next day and uh i mean we've there's been a lot of banter (laughs) hasn't there joe over the last few days uh because of these wild markets and the and the problems in the ukraine and um you know that's in the easy payoffs yeah yeah he did (laughs) he said he was he was making okay i'm I'm gonna tell it no you're not he was making money on the throne so he was going to paint the lid of it gold and call it his pot of gold (laughs) that's funny that's funny is very funny i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you i'm calling you out joe next time he'll be painting the tank because he's gonna flush it (laughs) well then the next day the, the market was up the limit again and I said, well, you should have stayed on the throne. <laughs> Shouldn't have made a decision yet. Oh, boy. So you left some money in there. <laughs> Just real quickly, it was 6 o'clock at night, and the broker called me. <laughs> so there that you go. doesn't happen very often. No, he never calls me. In. I mean, he, once every five years or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's a whole rabbit hole there that we could Dab go down there. Just, yeah. <laughs> But that's just an example. Um, whenever something major is going on, um, if the weather's getting significant or if the markets are significant or if somebody's marital life is significant, right. whatever it is, um, we all know it. Yeah. And we know it in real time yeah. when it happens. So that really, really, really helps. You know, there's so many guys out there because farmers are fiercely independent. Yes. They obviously are. They wouldn't still be in business. And we are, too. But we've allowed ourselves to lower that sum so that we can come together as this group because we saw the value. Mm-hmm. And it, we saw the value within the first month. Mm-hmm. So that that's a big part of it. And we're, it, we're supporting each other, you know. It almost seems like you guys get a better bond because you guys do share the good times and the bad times. And it's always that thing of, hey, you remember that one time you were yeah. in this situation? You know, that's, you know that it kind of almost adds some depth to this this group that you guys have you can only do that with trust i mean you, you can only be able to do that if you trust each other i mean don't have to worry about what i tell these guys vice versa you know mm-hmm. so do you see any of your um any of your farmers in your counties and and think man they could really use something like this like this group that i have i mean well, absolutely. if, absolutely. if yeah, we're selfish absolutely. it is in that we have kept our group what it is yeah that's that's the selfish part of our group because yeah yeah, you see somebody and you go he would be a good addition to our group but with time came this trust and it's really really hard to potentially rock that well when it's something we rely on all of us rely on this group 
it, 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 that new person wouldn't have the history that you guys have. Right. Well, not only that, you could bring a new person in, and four of you would be fine, but there'd be another one that's, well, I've had a bad experience with that guy, and so that trust is just yeah. jaded from the start. Exactly. Exactly. We have had guests from from other regions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, had a man from north central Kansas that came and joined us for a meeting, and he was a great addition. Um, he hasn't got his whole group together mm-hmm. yet, but I know he he has some people in mind that he wanted to start a group, and he he came and joined us and saw what we were doing, and and uh, and then sometimes our you know occasionally a spouse will come. Yeah, you know yeah. if we're if we got our spouse, we're going to go eat breakfast anyway. They'll come, throws a great new perspective on it, and our spouses all know about this group mm-hmm. and know you know we talk about it a lot at home so they understand they're stepping into a, a, a group of men that have yeah. their own weird humor and all that yeah but it's usually something that the poor guy like let's say i go with laurie i'm like feel very vulnerable <laughs> because oh boy what are they gonna put my poor wife through and therefore right. me <laughs> therefore me <laughs> yeah so uh, and then another time like we had mo pitney mo pitney's a, a country music yep. singer from mm-hmm. nashville great guy he was visiting uh he was in oklahoma for a turkey hunt and and so he came to our group probably one of the most impactful groups we'd ever had yep. yeah devout christian yeah and uh, supernatural things took place with the Holy Spirit in that group that day that have impacted all of us for our lives, for yeah. the rest yeah. of our life. So bringing in you know, guests like that is, is a wonderful thing. But you know, it would be weird if he came back again, I think. I mean, he could come back once a year or something like that. Yeah. It would be great. Right. But if he became a regular part of the group, even though he's a dear friend of mine yeah. and Marty's too, it would still be kind of strange. So. So we're we're pretty close. You've 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 talked about your meetings. I mean, it's not like it's Thursday. We have to go to the secret clubhouse and go have our meeting. It, it's just a, a, it, it's a time whenever everybody gets together. It may may not be set. You know, no, it's pretty that. much when Joe gets right. Oh. <laughs> well, that's another a long thing. Time. We have we have breakfast, and whoever has had the most rain since the last meeting has to buy the breakfast for everybody else. That's great. That's it's not really, fair. It's been really good I live me. east to everybody else. It's not fair. <laughs> Joe, Joe never has to I pay. never buy. Joe, Joe's never bought breakfast. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so, so how often do you guys sit down and have breakfast and, and get together? Once every five weeks now. Yeah, yeah ish. Ish. Yeah. It depends on, on what's going on. I yeah. mean, if there's something... Um, if there's an emergency, we handle it mostly through in you know, our message group, but occasionally because of you know the stresses of the world, we'll go, hey, we need to get together. Yeah, right. And there'll be a couple of people talking and go, wow, we really probably need to get together. They'll reach out to the others, and then we we all try to get together. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it's because of somebody else, somebody in the group that's having an yeah. issue yeah. that we know about. And we'll have a little side group. Hey, we all need to get together. Yeah. This this is going on with this person, Joe. This one, yeah, yeah. Joe. <laughs> Joe or Tom or or Marty or Gary. Yeah, it's been me or Brian. We we need to get together because this issue's going on, and we need to be there for him, and we need him in person. Mm-hmm. Well, and and uh, whenever that issue is happening, 
you got the 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 other four kind of get together and say, "Hey, we need to watch." You know, mm-hmm. at least keep an eye on this. So, guy. so the 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 day Reagan Tom's daughter had the wreck, we had we had a group of four on text message mm-hmm. and what was going on, and for the for the week they're following. We were in communication, and who's who's calling Tom? At, at, and we we called probably every couple hours. Somebody yeah. called you for a week, or texted to make sure, right? That. And that way, we weren't hounding him, yeah, because he was in in tough situation. But we all knew what was going on, yeah. And and Tom would reply a text back, a, a detailed text, and we would share that with everybody, yeah. So. So Tom, as that was as that was happening, I mean, you were obviously communicating with your family. Mm-hmm. Were you conscious about keeping the other four guys in the loop on this? No, it just no. Happened. I was I was so locked in on what was going on with with Reagan that it was, you know, I I couldn't. Yeah. So their ability to come in and 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 take ownership of my problems somewhat, yeah. and and then reach out to me was invaluable. Mm-hmm. It really was. I've had a rough year. Yeah. You know, just a number of things have have hit, and uh, it would it would I would not be in the same place today had I not had this group that came alongside me through the last year. Yeah. I wouldn't be the same person today. And if it, it because because you know everybody just needs a sounding board and somebody to watch out for them mm-hmm. and, and and the other four guys did that for you oh there's no doubt i mean and, and it started back um oh my gosh probably a year ago where i had some some mental problems myself and uh-huh. then i got COVID in august my mom died while i was in the hospital and then it's kind of rolled right on through yeah. a, a pretty tough year um the only thing that hasn't been tough in the last year for me has been financially. Yeah. And I can just see how the, you know, the wings of the Lord have, have overshadowed me Yeah, through these guys. Cause each one of them are, are in tune with the Holy spirit. And so they know, um, just in their spirit whenever I need something. And that, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was just supernatural events that, uh, blessed me for the rest of my life there there is two themes that i'm really picking up on <clears throat> there's the the um partnership between you all but also your faith mm-hmm. and and talk about why why your faith has been so instrumental in this in this in this mental health group that you have we start our we start each meeting out with a with a prayer uh generally there's a scripture reading something that that and I guess I've kind of taken that on myself to to pull a scripture. But if I kind of know what's going on with everybody, and and uh, I'll search a scripture that somewhat speaks to that yeah. issue, and I think that that sets the stage for our for our conversation for what's going on, what the relative point is for the day, and um. I, I don't know. I I get a lot of strength from that. I probably get more strength from it from searching yeah. searching the scripture for the day than than what they see. But keeping keeping God first and is is a big part of what 
what makes it work. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and then we can hold each other accountable. Right. Yeah. You know, um, there have been times whenever you'll see somebody doing something they shouldn't be doing. And because we've got this relationship that we've developed over a few years, um, we know that we can go to somebody and say, hey, straighten up yeah. in this or that. And know that that accountability won't be a threat to them as a person. Instead, it'll be a, a way that we can build them up. Yeah. Non-threatening. That's mm-hmm. that's right. that's imperative with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. What what would be if if somebody's out there they're listening to this and they're thinking, man, I need I need something like this with my in my area in in my state and you know what 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 is what 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 are two things from each of you that are so important whenever they're wanting to start a group like this? Well, I think I, I would uh, go ahead. I would say be willing to listen. Uh-huh. Number one, and be transparent. Yeah. Because you, you're going to have to have enough trust in those people and not not that we knew each other and we knew that trust existed. Yeah. It had to be developed. Uh-huh. And so, but being able to listen, and everybody has been extremely good at, at listening to each other, But but being honest and and being able to listen i think are the two main things i was going to say trust and not being selfish mm-hmm. that was the two things and then we already kind of hit on that earlier but i think i mean and as far as we didn't go looking to make the group that we made yeah um it was the goals were different at the time yeah. at the moment should have known looking back on it that it wouldn't la- stay like that. Very, I mean, but um, and it is what it is, which is for the better. Right. But um, I I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer as to how to go and start a group like this. It just right place, right time, when the right people were put together yeah. for a purpose. The right basketball game. Yeah, Yeah, I just, (laughs) I mean, that's why I believe that it was such a, a a spirit led, Holy Spirit led thing. Um, If somebody's going to try to put something like this together, I think that they have to be like minded enough that um, they can begin. You got to have a a mutual goal starting out. Uh, I would say that find someone in your area. That is that you know is a legitimate devout Christian. You can't have a Judas. No, yeah. find somebody like that and start with them, and then pray together and search out who else you're supposed to have in the group, mm-hmm. and keep it led that way. Mm-hmm. And realize that not everybody that that is invited is going to end up being a good fit. Yeah, and it's okay. That's oh know, yeah. Don't go chasing people. To, yeah. To have them come because we all want to be there. Yeah, I looking back on it, I think our banker friend could have been a really good fit, but the times that when it was going was horrible for him to be a good fit. Yeah, yeah. It just it was what it was, you know. Um, If you have a banker, make sure none of the people in the group are using him as your banker. That's true. Well, yes, because he's a he's a great guy. 
and he's a devout Christian. He's mm-hmm. he's a, he would he could have been a perfect fit, except that two of the group were using him as their primary lender, and that that wasn't going to work. Well, it, it it doesn't allow you to be totally forthright, knowing that this is your money guy right over mm-hmm. here. Well, and at times, at that time, that was true. It wasn't good times. Right. It, we were so. Not that we were enemies, but we were kind of at odds across the desk at each other every once in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it is what it was. It just is a sad. It just wrong timing was wrong for a reason. Yeah. How 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 has not not necessarily the group? I mean, the, the the group obviously, but 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 how has the ability to, um, I guess decompress? How has that changed your family life? be at the group just or or just being able to talk to somebody about what's going on in in the in the farming world how has that changed your family life well we celebrate we celebrate our kids successes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not just not just like reagan having a disastrous wreck but we we celebrate joe's kids showing Mm -hmm. calves and you know my daughter modeling and Mm -hmm. and marty's marty's daughter singing and you know we celebrate them as well that's we we try to stay associated with their families just as well right and i don't know we've we've uh we've actually had to get on to a guy or two you know you need to go take a vacation you need to take the kids and go do something yeah you're you're too wound up you're too tight yeah there's balances in life and i think as far as um, that's the thing, I mean, I think our groups become the check. We're busy. You know, I was balances. talking about being a businessman earlier, but I mean, you got balances that you got to take care of, especially if you got a family. And and if anything from this comes today, I hope people take that they really, you know, they've probably worried about something too much. Yeah, they focused on it too much. They fought it too much. You know, and there's a lot of that to be said at times too. I mean, sometimes we try to do too much. You know, even in the aspect, I can bring Brian on the farm. He'll always find a way to spend my money. I mean, <laughs> not really, but but I mean, I mean, some sometimes we just, you know, I worry about going this drought because we've kind of been in the uh, things that are going on. We've been through this before, yeah, and that's what got us in a boat we were in three or four or five years ago. Yeah, financially was we were too aggressive at times, or we tried to force the issue. Yeah, and. If it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. You know, if it don't look like it's going to work, it, you know, and, and you obviously got to plant the seed in order for God to bring the rain. But sometimes, I mean, you just, I don't know how to explain it. You just got to have a, you know, just be able to figure out that, golly, you know, maybe I'm pushing it to me, you know. Yeah. Just, so, anyway, and it gets back into risk management. There's I like what you said earlier, Joe, about how um, – there's things that we talk about with these men that we can't talk about with our wives or don't we could but we don't and uh and seeing that most of our wives don't have a whole lot to do with our operations Mm -hmm. Uh, marty's exception you know crystal is is very active in his operation and then gary has gone through a pretty rough time with his wife right and uh so you know helping them through that but there's certain things that it's just much easier to talk to. We are pausing for a moment to remind you that even though you may not have a band of brothers like these guys, you're not alone. 
We have resources to answer questions if you're dealing with mental health struggles. You can find them on our website at reddirtagronomy.com. Again, the guys asked that we put their contact information on there too so that you can reach out to them to help start your group as well. Now back to the conversation. Coming up, they're all going to talk about their breaking points and how each one of them made their decision to continue on. You are listening to the Red Dirt Agronomy Podcast. We're continuing the conversation on mental health on the Red Dirt Agronomy Podcast here. And and we're, we're, we're here with a group of guys from uh, north central Oklahoma, south central Kansas, who 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 have formed a, a, a band of brothers, just a, a, a group for them to uh, bounce ideas off of and, and really help each other through the hard times and celebrate the victories, you know, whenever there are those. One thing that a lot of folks don't think about until it's, it's too late is, is the, is, is the depression, is the, 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 the really dark times, the, the, the potential for suicide. Um, let's just dive into that. Have, have you, we don't, obviously we don't need specifics, but, but have, have, have any members of the group had those, those really dark times and, and has the group kind of helped them through it? Never had. Oh. I would say ne- yes. Okay. Hang on just a second. It, I was going to say I had, I had never personally dealt with anything like that, so to speak, but what I wanted to, I mean, I've been through some rough times, yeah. really rough and sleepless nights. And a thing that needs to be put out there that we all know, but needs to be ex- farmer's identity is his independence. Yeah. And the thing that troubled me was when I thought, well, if I, if I end up, I can't farm anymore. I've lost my day. I've had some other jobs in the past that helped, you know, supplement the farming and they were professional high paying jobs. I never identified myself as that job. Yeah. You know, in fact, I was actually, it was a way of means, but I was unhappy. I mean, it was a good job yeah. and I was glad to have it and I did it and, and I enjoyed it, but I wasn't happy like I am doing what I'm doing now. It's just, it wasn't my identity. And I was thought, well, man, if I can't do, what am I going to do? You know, where am I going to go? Where am I going to? So, but, and that may be a little bit, I, I think it needs to be prefaced that, that, you know, farmer identifies as being an independent farmer or rancher, whichever it is, you know, I mean, it's just, and so I think that was, if I did really get to that point and have to deal with depression, that was going to be a big part of it. I know Joe at one time said, said to me, and he's not the only one of the group one-on-one, but am I, am I going to be the generation that loses the generational farm? Yeah. Oh, I remember growing up 12 years old, plowing fields, worried about that. Yeah. You Absolutely. know, and, Me and too. that from the time I was very, very young, because it's a generation, it's a generational thing. I farm a farm that has never, ever been sold mm-hmm. ever. It's not really mine either. I'm just a steward a for the next generation. Right. Yeah. We're right. just a steward for the next generation. Everybody in our group is, is very soil minded and protecting the soil, you know, not overgrazing, not. Um, conservation wise 
you know that's that's a big deal we're not necessarily paid for conservation right we do it because the next generation needs it i've seen the next five generations need it i had seen but depression can come from that that weight weight that that i have to preserve this for the next generation now that can be stressful or it can be a goal Mm -hmm. and if you look at it as a goal instead of a stress it takes a lot of off and make it exciting and challenging so you know tom and i have these conversations man look at this you know we can plant these three cover crops and leave these out because they're not really doing us our thing doing what we need them to but if we plant these and what they're going to do for the soil and the next crop to come behind it and you know what five years down the road we're going to be in this rotation and what is that going to do for the soil and tom tom farms quite a bit of flood ground i don't i'm not blessed like that everything i have is on top of the hill <laughs> and, grass is you know, always greener and i got the side exactly <laughs> he floods he floods i i drought out so you know sometimes it's at the same time it's the same time <laughs> anyway but his cover crop might be may be different because when the flood water comes across it it'll wash off soil mm-hmm. whereas you know my cover crop i need to hold soil from running off the top of the hill and so, you know, we, we have these challenges, but instead of being a negative challenge, and you can look at, I used an example, this cover crop was an example. This is not, any, any challenge is an opportunity for a positive challenge. Right. How am I going to do this? Think it out. We have a group that we can bounce ideas off of each other that makes us stronger, that we can look at it and develop for our situation from ideas from each other. And so that's that's what makes us stronger is, is putting our minds together. And Tom's done, done a lot in the cover crop stuff, you know, I've done a lot in fertility. Joe's done a lot of cattle stuff and marketing. I, I mean, can, we I can each say have this, strengths. I'm I'm pretty sure, not positive. I'm pretty sure I would have had some problems with depression, significant ones, were it not for this group. Yeah. And it goes back to the you know an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um. You know, because of what, you know, the the circumstances of life over the last year. I was a, at risk mm-hmm. of becoming very depressed. Yeah. And because I had this group uh, in the trenches with me and, you know, in the air, so to speak, praying for me. Right. Um, spiritually, they kept me, you know, online. They, they kept my perspective correct. Mm-hmm. So um, we, I don't think we've had a major bout with depression within our group that we've had to really work through because we try to make sure that doesn't happen. So we're preventing that from ever getting there and you only know how to do that if you know somebody well Mm -hmm. you got to get to know them and stay in communication with them or you won't see it coming but we're able to see it coming with each other very very important to head that off before it gets to the point where 
it's the point of no return ultimately would be suicide. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very, very important to to keep that. Prior to this group, like in 2011, um, I had a problem physically with electrolytes. I lost a ton of weight and it was so hot and dry. Irrigation pivot getting start twice a day. I went nuts and I can remember going down a dirt road at 80 mile an hour coming up on a river bridge. And I looked and I thought, this is all over. I had my insurance paid up really well. All I have to do is move my steering wheel one inch. Yeah. I remember that thought very, very well. And I'm in the river and it's all over. I get to graduate to a better place, you know, to, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And I thought, I get to graduate. Nobody will really know that I did that. So it's not going to impact the family name. It's an accident. And all these thoughts went through my mind. I went on across the bridge. I turned right, drove through a soybean field that was about two foot tall with my pickup right through the middle of it, went and hid out and got on the phone and called some, a Christian brother and sister that I had. Yeah. And I called my wife and said, pray right now. Cause I just had a really bad thought. And what we do, we left, we left for a month and I told everybody, we're not coming back. We're going up into the mountains. We're not coming back until the high is below 90. <laughs> that, that was, so, and it was true. My son was late getting back for football. My daughter missed her summer uh, softball practice. Didn't matter. We came back about three days after school started. The high was 89 degrees. But um, I didn't have people to fall back on at that time. Yeah. I didn't have people to recognize that was coming. Yeah. Because I didn't have this band of brothers. And now we do. So before that can happen, you know, I've got these guys. It's kind of a, a, a safety valve, mm-hmm. a, a check valve. Right. That That's a, you know, you guys talked about farmers love to be independent. That's kind of what, but it's, that's also, especially if you don't know you're getting towards that. And it's not even depression. Sometimes just being down, yeah. you know, being independent by yourself alone with your thoughts sometimes is the worst, worst time to be in those kind of situations and right. unfortunately in ag and it's not just farmers you know you're talking about you know um the the folks the sales the sales individuals sometimes the applicators those kind of things everybody some spends a lot of time by themselves right. with their thoughts and that that can be a very damaging some, time when you're by yourself some of the best places and some of the worst places is the hours in the field in a cab yeah mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> can be either way yeah 2011 i was three quarters of a mile across a soybean field and it happened to be one of marty's it was 10 30 in the morning i was in the 32nd field of the day wow and it was 104 at 10 30 in the morning wow mm-hmm. and the, my lights started going out and i thank goodness it was 30 inch row beans if I walk between these two rows till I hit the headlands and I have to turn left to get to my pickup. And I made it. I made it. I'd quit sweating. I was done. And I made it I made it there. And I called my wife and I said we have to leave. And we we went on vacation that day for a week and all i want to do is go stand in the ocean tom went to the mountains i stood in in the gulf but it was a lot cooler than where i'd been and 
you know I, I was about done yeah but all i had to do was sit down in that field and it's all over yeah the insurance paid up that's all it that it that had been all over and i was ready to give up but i didn't and and, and you've heard the all crops of were all burn up i mean there was nothing yeah. that we could do for anything yeah and, and I, you've heard all three of us reference that time frame yeah and the financial problems that we that we worked our way out of that took years you know five six seven years to work our way out of that and it was during this time of trying to uh navigate the losses that we'd taken in that one disastrous year and and that's whenever we came together yeah so it was at a time whenever we were very open we were all very very open to getting some help one way or another and and it was i don't know how long have we been in this group now guys three years three four three four i think it's four yeah so it would have been around when would that have been 2018 so yeah we went to school at osu i can't do we'd that spent <laughs> <laughs> we'd spent years trying to fight our way out of this you know for for a long time and finding each other was uh um it wasn't anything joe and i did in that in that right. place it was definitely a godsend no i don't somebody asked me well who started it how do you start no you don't yeah. start it it's it just happened it forms pray 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 yeah. pray yep wasn't our will for it to start somebody else's will right yeah. well, and tom you had a good point and i, I want to go back to it is is you know sometimes you won't have this group for years to come but mm-hmm. uh never be afraid to just reach out yeah. if, if you're having those those feelings or 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 you're just getting down reaching out isn't a point of weakness it's it's okay probably a point of strength it is a point of strength there's no doubt it is and that's not something that you understand at the time Mm -hmm. when you're in the battle you don't understand it but it's only on reflection yeah that you can see the strength that was in that phone call um or that moment of transparency whenever you were able to say this is what i'm in um this is something beyond me as a person and, and which is tough you know like we said before we're all multi-generational farms we're all matter of fact i think we're all um centennial farms wow um all of us are so that that pressure that comes to maintain that and to pass it on and and really the way that i've handled that and i think a lot of us have is to see the land not as owned but see the land as something that you are simply a steward. It's like that joke, you know, where a guy goes out in his field after he made his last land payment, and he kneels down, and he's got his fingers running through it, and he's on his knees. And he goes, finally, it's all mine. I just made my last land payment. And God quietly whispers to in his ear, that's what the last guy said. You know, it's not ours. Yeah. Well, it's not so much a material thing. I mean, it is. The farm is material. But... That farm represents an opportunity to be free thinking, yeah. independent, to be able to um, to be free, and, and it's 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 it, you know for my great grandfather to come in a land run, stake a claim, and have that opportunity, somebody give him that opportunity, you know, and knowing that this could impact his generations below him, you know. But once it's sold and it's gone, 
and a generation decides not to come home to it, it's gone forever. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing you can ever think to somebody being able to start to farm, I'm sure there's exceptions, but is somebody making a lot of money and wanting to do it for a hobby when they're 65 years old? You know, and it's, I mean, it's just, it's just once it's gone, it's gone. So I'm one, two, three, fourth generation. My kids will be fifth if somebody will come back. Hope that somebody does, but that's their own choices to make. But I don't want to squander. So that, that's the pressure that I put on myself. Yeah. Or have in the past. So, um, in fact, as is right now, I don't have any of the family name in my name has not been turned over to me yet always thought it'd be neat when it does quite frankly it wouldn't bother me if it skipped me and went to the next generation because i don't have to worry about losing it either right yeah my place wasn't you know and that's probably that just blows a lot of people that's going to listen to this mind (laughs) i mean they just i mean or it won't people will will you know relate to that too mm -hmm. yeah so um you know i'm i'm at a little different place in our operation than that we're um, both of my parents have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I took over whenever I was 26, 100%, yeah. due to tragedies within the I mean, seems like I've had a life of tragedies. But, um, you know, my dad couldn't do it anymore. My mom still wanted to run the books, but did not want to be um, daily management. So our transition happened years and years ago. Yeah. And so I'm at the place now where I'm working on transitioning it to to my kids and Laurie and I had our first real conversation on retirement a week ago haven't even talked to these guys about that and and starting to make plans written plans on how we're going to go about this retirement that's funny because my wife and I did too really last week yeah and so we're going to kind of pave the way for you know Joe's younger Marty's younger Gary's younger and, and we'll learn a lot that we can bring to these guys and help them whenever it's time for them to do that. So uh, it's just another benefit that, you know, I'm I'm not the oldest, which is good. Brian's definitely the oldest in the group. <laughs> oh, <laughs> by, a, by, a, by a few months is all, I guess. Yeah. But, but it is, a, a, as these new things come, instead of me being scared of it yeah. and nervous about it, it is exciting. Attitude is so big, and Brian's talked a lot about that today. Mm-hmm. The attitude that you have to have as a new opportunity comes up. And uh, Laurie and I are very excited to retire. That's not something that farmers do very much. Most of them die in a cab. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I want the business to be able to be transitioned um, efficiently yeah. into the next generation. And I have two kids that have now decided to come, and, and both of them live within four miles of me now, which is... That's great. I don't know. They're too close. They're in the donut <laughs> hole, you know? You want them to live in the donut. You don't want them to live outside the donut like thousands of miles away. Yeah. But you don't want them to live in the donut hole either where they're in your backyard. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of where they are right now. Same four miles. Parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, but it's an exciting new time. And uh, I, I hope that this transition will, will go well. But I've got these guys to, what do you all think about this? Is this kind of a, a plan that maybe you all have heard about before? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think about this plan? And I can bring it all out before we start activating the plan. And I can have four other incredibly intelligent, caring right. brothers right. that are willing to, you know, be brutally honest with me. Hey, that's, don't be a dumbass. You know, this right. is something <laughs> right. you don't need to do. Yeah. 
So, you, well, and and when you do retire, are you still going to lean on them for for advice? Absolutely, We're, we've got a life lifelong bond that we've developed here that we will always be a part of, and, and you know, it might be that we help those that you know come in after us yeah. develop their own group. Yeah, you know, I think that that would be a part of our our heritage that we could show them how to develop a group and give them suggestions on how to do that. But my son's now actively in management with me, but he doesn't come to our group. Yeah. He's been before to eat breakfast with us as a guest. Was he blindfolded and and, and told, uh, (laughs) look, look at the wall. We're going to have our conversation over here. (laughs) So as, as, as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, um, what, what are some takeaways that, that, uh, producers across you know the Great Plains need to be thinking about as far as mental health and and uh, just the fact of of reaching out and and seeking help and and uh, talking to folks. I think I think if uh, if somebody needs or wants, g- give us a call. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter. Tom's on Twitter. I know Marty and. These guys are on Facebook. Uh, Gary's on on Twitter. We're accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, type in our name, and and you've got a hold of us. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually amazing how much that already happens. Yeah, I mean, we we get contacted by people that um, young farmers. I've had calls where they say, "Hey, what do I do?" Yeah, you know, not to start a group, but just they're in a spot where they're mentally yeah. weak at the time. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Because in that weakness is when you find your greatest strength. Exactly. Right. It really is. When If you're willing to be open, honest, and transparent, and you get to that weak point, you're the strongest when you make the phone call. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does. It takes, it takes a little bit of being humble and just saying, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. And, and there's strength in that. Yeah. There really is strength in that. So what, what, what other takeaways should, should folks take away from, from this whole conversation? Well, you've heard me say it several times. My biggest thing is guys got to really pay attention to balance. Yeah. You know, I that, that <clears throat> you know, you, you need your support group, but you also, you've got to be able to analyze and balance the things in your life, mm-hmm. you know, and first and foremost, that for me is relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it'd be my family, and then it goes on from there. Yeah. You know, nothing else behind that is important as the first two. Right. So, um, we, second, third week of July, we take a vacation. Sometimes I have to fight with football coaches or whatever. They're not part of that balance. And, and, and um, that – my family looks forward to that. I've got a kid that's a freshman here in college right now. And to this day, it's just it's our whole family looks forward to those yeah. two weeks we go and we get away. Yeah. And the worst anxiety is when I come down out of the mountains and my phone starts dinging with a million messages because I've been out of phone searching. Oh, my gosh. What? But I finally, after 20-some years of doing that, it doesn't bother me like it used yeah. to. Brian. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> Brian, what's your takeaway? Oh, five, five closest friends define you. Yeah. 
And who are they? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people might say you really you got one, <laughs> right? How do you come up with five, right? Trust me, they're out there, but you got to be a friend for them. Mm-hmm. You got to give first. You got to give first, and if you, if you're willing to give and be able to accept somebody else's issues and whether they're good or bad issues and be able to listen, they'll be there for you as well. Well, and you ain't going to find anybody with a perfect personality. Right. You can't be critical no of, no of Tom's dimples or whatever, you know. It just <laughs> – you got to be kind of like a Mary. Somebody may annoy off, you guys. with. I got to fight them off. Some, my personality probably is grumpy old, you know what, at times. But, but I, there's one in every group. They, they've never said nothing to me about it. So. Oh, he's grouchy. He tries, he tries to be the most negative out of the whole group. But, you know. But he know. does it on purpose. Probably. He's I not, think he's so. not. He purposes to try to be negative within right. the group. Although, whenever I talk to you one-on-one, you're not. You're pretty optimistic. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how you come to the group with, oh, doom and gloom, but, but it's not true. Uh, you got to have uh, – my, uh, my takeaway would be a couple of them. One is what Joe said that was impactful to me even today is that we identify as who what we do yeah. instead of who we are. Right. And this group helps us to identify as who we are, yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ, yep. first. Yep. Uh, instead of identifying only as a farmer, the world, quote unquote, world sees us as farmers. We're yep. that farmer, that rancher, that cattleman, whatever. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, guys, it's a lot of fun whenever you try to outgive everybody else. When you get to the point where you're trying to outgive everybody else, it's like a good marriage. You have to outgive your wife yep. if you're going to have a successful marriage, yeah. or try to. Yeah. And then she has to try to outgive you the same way in this group when everybody is trying to be the one that gives the most all of a sudden it becomes a lot of fun and it really it brings laughter we laugh a lot we laugh more than we do anything yeah we cry a little bit but we laugh a whole lot and just you know being with you guys the past hour or so it, it's it has been a lot of fun it, and you do see that positive reinforcement of each other and and all of that and I, I just want to say thank you guys for uh, sitting down with me and and Josh and and Jason to you know talk about mental health and 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 just the why why it's important to to lean on folks and and uh, and uh, make it through this this little thing we call life. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to join the conversation in the future, send us an email podcast at reddirtagronomy.com or send us a tweet and our handle is reddirtag. To find any of the resources that we talked about today on the podcast, visit reddirtagronomy.com. There you will find show notes, links to contact information for our guests and other information that we talked about on the show. For Dr. Josh Lofton, Dr. Jason Warren, and Dr. Brian Arnell, I am the not a doctor, but I play one on a podcast, Dave Deacon. We'd like to thank you for listening. The proceeding is a copyrighted presentation of Agnow Media LLC 2022. And yes, all rights are reserved.